Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Monday Night Football against the Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Rich Eisen Show. What's the challenge here, Joey? Beckler has a hold. Touchdown! Coach Staley was talking about is you're not going to win this game because you beat the Chiefs. Picked off by Derwin James! You're going to win this game because you put in a lot of hard work. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. NFL Network analyst, Daniel Jeremiah. Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones. Former NFL general manager, Michael Lombardi. Plus, actor Morris Chestnut. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. There is a lot going on in our sports world. Week four is now officially in the books in the National Football League. We're already turning the page to week number five we've got a lot to look back at as well we've got a wild card game in major league baseball tonight and it's yankees at red sox for the right to go on and face uh the tampa bay rays and their 100 win team and their openers and closers and starters (laughs) and players and everybody and shifts and four outfielders and who can beat that team we'll see that's uh all starting tonight oh my gosh is that just going to be a big Big evening this evening, and good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you? Hey, Rich. What's Mike Del Tufo survived the Chargers yes. and Raiders, it survived a, the Lightning yeah, Bolts and everything like that. Stadium yeah, damn night. straight it was. You could see that on Monday oh, Night Football's yeah. broadcast. Good to see you, TJ Jefferson. How are you over there? I just want to know the number of fights that broke out in SoFi. Actually, last night. you guys, That's all I'm, I'm going to be very honest. It was very peaceful where oh. I was sitting. Well, really? and I say that, yes. Well, well, we've got three hours to discuss all of that um, here on the program. And, um, you know, the the Los Angeles Chargers, it appeared to be, joined the New Orleans Saints last night in winning a a home game that really was a road game that was really a home game. (laughs) That's true. Because (laughs) that was a Raider crowd last night, and that was the fear here in Los Angeles for the Chargers. Uh, and the fear here in Los Angeles of the Chargers fans that I know, and there's Dr. Bobby Katz who delivered all three of my children, and and I'm and I'm waiting to see. And you're in, delivered your child, delivered Cage, Xander, Coop, and Taylor, and uh, he's a diehard Chargers fan. And I'm waiting to meet another um, here in L.A. I know too. I know. Too. I know they exist. I'm having a little bit of fun while also giving a shout out to the man who brought children to the world. <laughs> shout out, Dr. Katz. Um, and uh, uh, that was the fear: is that hey. In this new beautiful stadium, as they're trying to gain a footing in a town where their history, you know, stopped in the early AFL days, right? That um, how are they going to fill up that stadium? And when a team like the Raiders, who have a much longer standing and deeper tradition and roots here in this town of Los Angeles, what's going to happen when the Raiders come to play? And it was a Raider home game last night. You could hear it. From the television set, you could hear how quiet it was when the Chargers took a 21-0 lead and how when the Raiders came storming back in that third quarter, things were getting a little bit out of control for the Chargers. And, um, 
when Brandon Staley, the head coach of these Los Angeles Chargers, came on this show uh, right before the season, I, I, you know, I said to him, because I heard, I heard from people in this town, and I heard from, you know, uh, we had Keenan Allen on this show, and I saw Keenan Allen on a golf course here, and I asked him what he thought of his coach, and he's like, I love the guy. And all you heard from everybody who knew anybody who was a Charger, a player in that locker room, that was the word in this town, love the guy, buying what he's selling. And, you know, Brandon Staley, when he came on this show, he was talking about what he was selling, and it made me want to go through a brick wall. And I kind of said to him, how are you going to stop the Chargers type things? How are you going to stop, you know, I didn't put too many uh, fine points on it, but he understood what I'm talking about. The Charger things, you know, where you got four cracks from inside the one, and not only do you not win, you score twice, but two of the scores get called back due to replay, and then you fumble it on the goal line. That's exactly what happened to the Chargers in Tennessee a couple years ago when Melvin Gordon was there running back. How are you going to fix the Charger things like missing field goals, creating penalties, that shooting yourself in the foot, all that sort of stuff? And he basically said, well, we're going to have a plan. And, you know, when we have a plan and we stick to it, and it sounded like coach speak. But then we had Joey Bosa on the show yesterday, and he said that he went in before the game in Kansas City. Uh, the coach told them the way it was going to work out in Kansas City. We're going to get up on them early. They're going to make a run, and we're going to have to withstand the run. That's exactly what happened. And when those things materialize in a game, that's what he meant by having a plan, talking it out with the guys so when it happened, when the adversity hits, they're kind of ready for it. It sounds simple. It sounds so simple. Because if, you know, you lose and you don't get up on them early, you could basically say, hey, I was trying to, you know, I'm, I'm being positive here. But then it also doesn't materialize the way your coach says it's going to materialize. And when a coach does those sorts of things – it leads to positive results. Win in Kansas City. Last night, I'm telling you, a 21 nothing lead turns into 21-14, and the Los Angeles Chargers faithful, who go way back to San Diego, will be like, uh-oh. How are we going to blow this? Here we go again. <laughs> you know, Justin Herbert, first half, winging it all over the place. Second, second half, third quarter, bupkis, nothing. Well, Austin Eckler makes plays. Defensively, they make plays. And, you know, the Raiders dug themselves too deep a hole. Couldn't dig out of it. Mm -hmm. And the Los Angeles Chargers improve to 3-1, and one, just like the Raiders, just like Denver. And the Los Angeles Chargers are in first place in this division, with two others, yes, but one that they've already beaten. And also because the team in last place at two and two, they've beaten them. That's two and oh in division. That's two and oh in division. The Broncos haven't played a division game yet. And now the Chargers are one and a half up on the Chiefs, a half up on the Raiders, two and oh in division. And this is where you want to be at. I guess you could call it the quarter essentially post point 
Like we all of us in the media right now, we are so dying to do what we do every year, which is, you know, the first quarter of the season awards, <laughs> you know, quarter post awards. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we, but the 17th regular season game is thrown off math. We don't do math. Definitely. I was told special. there was no math on this test. We're just watching sports and talking about it. I'm <laughs> verbal. Me too. I killed the verbal part of the SATs. The math, no, no bueno. What's the reciprocal fraction? So I, I guess, oh. I guess what, like in between the first and second quarters of because there's one extra game, I guess. So one extra quarter of week five, that's it right there. <laughs> that's your quarter post part. But at any rate, <laughs> this is where you want to be if you're the Chargers right now. You've already won in Kansas City. You got that in your back pocket. You don't have to go there when it's five degrees and crazy. You got Kansas City when Mahomes is careless with the football in September in a way that he's never been. And you got the Raiders in your building out of the way. I tell, I'm telling you it's going to be an easier game for the Chargers in Vegas than it was in their own house last night where they're looking around and they're going, what the hell's going on around here? <laughs> I got to go silent snap count my own house? What the hell's going on out here? How many times did you see Herbert put his hands over his ear holes to hear, his, to hear what the play's coming in from the home sideline? Yeah, that was weird. A yeah. couple times they had to call timeout. They had a false start in the first quarter. They got through that. They're through those two, the, the two toughest division games for them, with all due respect to Denver, is at Kansas City and home versus the Raiders. Because at least when you're going to Vegas, you know what you're getting into. Mm. Your own house. Your second game in your own house with fans. And it's Dallas and it's Raiders fans in your house. There's a ton of people. So they're through all of that, and they almost – Came out with a W against the Cowboys, but Chargers things happened in that game, right? Crazy-ass penalties. Tony Carrente all over the place. So the Chargers are what they are, which is a team with a terrific quarterback. And if he can stay healthy, a game-changing running back. Some wideouts who can catch. Jared Cook, when he's not coming up with a penalty or putting a ball on the ground, is a terrific tight end. And I know that's a lot of ifs. And then defensive players like Bosa, Derwin James, and the rest of them. This is going to be a tough out, these Los Angeles Chargers. They have some huge receivers. They do, man. And they didn't really use them last night yeah, sometimes. Mike Williams kind of one had, catch. And they, I mean, the guys in the, in the booth on Monday Night Football were pointing out the difference in size between the Chargers receivers and the Raiders defensive backs. Yeah, yeah. Rich, your favorite player, Jared Cook, had a night. Yeah, no, that's what I said. And and uh, by the way, play of the night though, play of the night was Hunter Renfro on oh. punt return, seeing the, the fake, fake coming, and then with a perfect tackle, perfect time, wrapped up, broke up the pass, and the Raiders, the Raiders, you know, did what they had to do as well once they were down. This is going to be fun. This is another deep ended pool out west, not just the NFC West, the AFC West. And congratulations to the Arizona Cardinals, who I termed a problem on yesterday's show. I'm trying to get Kyler Murray to be nicknamed the problem. He's the problem, right? Iverson was the answer. He's the problem. <laughs> Kyler Murray's the problem. I co-signed immediately on that, by the way. Because he is told a, there'd be no math. He's a problem, man. You get the ball, and how's he going to beat you? Arm or legs? And if he doesn't see his first throw... 
he'll create more time with his legs, mm-hmm. and then he'll beat you with his arm or his legs after using his legs when he couldn't use his arm. That's a problem. Certainly when you got DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green and the two running backs that are doing well, and then defensively, they are playing better than a lot of people thought that they would. Not could. You know, when you got Buda Baker and Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt joining and Isaiah Simmons and all that. So congratulations to the Cardinals. They are the last lone undefeated team in the NFL for the first time since the Don Coriel coached Terry Metcalf run. Dan Deardorff and Roger Worley, two pro football Hall of Famers, blocked and defended St. Louis Cardinals. 1974, they were 7-0 as the last remaining undefeated team then. They finished 10-4 and and lost the division round. We'll see what happens with these Arizona Cardinals who take on the San Francisco 49ers this week. That's an interesting game, huh? Yep. We'll (laughs) talk about all of this with Daniel Jeremiah, who calls Chargers games locally here with Matt Money-Smith, two colleagues of mine from the NFL Media Group. He He was in the stadium last night. And got to the stadium, and we all know that there was a weather delay. And uh, I'd love to hear what Daniel has to say about how good the Chargers can be. Do you throw the Chargers in one of the best teams in the AFC mix? You have to. You have to. And uh, then there's the rookie quarterbacks. Justin Fields, just like the rest of us, waiting to see how Andy Dalton's knee is going to heal. Still don't understand that one. Will Daniel Jeremiah give us two cents on that? In the meantime, before we get to Daniel, uh, also on this show, another Daniel, Jones of the New York football giants, and Morris Chestnut from Fox's Our Kind of People. Uh, Morris and I go way back uh, uh, to the days of uh, Like Mike when we were in the same (laughs) credits together. Um, So... You know, we'll do a little little, little bow wow reminiscing in hour number three. Nice. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) You don't want to miss that. So here's this story out of Jacksonville, Florida, by way of Dublin, Ohio, where Urban Meyer spent some time on Friday night after not flying back with the team after dropping to 0-4. He, um, as we know, went to his local establishment Anybody who followed it on social media over the weekend knows that Urban was at his local establishment with somebody not a member of his family um, dancing in front of him. I never used the words bumping and grinding before here on this show, but Mm -hmm. that's the only way to describe it. And Urban Meyer, um, a, a a very morose, apologetic And contrite Urban Meyer spoke to the media about it yesterday, saying it was stupid. He shouldn't have been in that position, shouldn't put himself in that position. Said he was having dinner with his – he stayed in Ohio to see the grandkids, was having dinner with family on Friday night. And then there was a party next door and people came over, wanted him to take pictures. Anybody you saw on Instagram, it was the birthday party of, uh, I think, a brother of a business partner of his. And that was on the Instagram account of the family who's a big booster at Ohio State, whose name is on the basketball building. I mean, you could just, you could just follow this on, on, on uh, social media, what was going on and who this was for and what have you. And also, somebody was out to do Urban Dirty because the video that was sent everywhere was on a Twitter account 
that was called at O urban with underscores in between the O and the O and the urban. Mm-hmm. That was created in October of 2021. And this happened on October 1st, 2021. <laughs> yeah. So it was created that night. The mm-hmm. video was taken of Urban and then created that night and sent out. And the hashtags and the ats were sent to people particularly identified to disseminate this video. And that Twitter account is now poof, gone. Gone. Bon. Bon. Like I Kaiser Zose, in the wind. Got it. In the wind. In the wind. So... Wrong place, wrong time for Urban and everything else that was going on right there. And so I woke up this morning and saw a Twitter uh, tweet from my buddy Michael Lombardi, who does his show on VSIN every day. Mm-hmm. According to two Jacksonville sources, there are many closed-door meetings happening over the last two days in the football offices, and none of them have anything to do with the Titans, who they're playing this week. Stay tuned. This might get ugly. Sure enough, half hour later... A statement from the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars comes out. Shad Khan, I have addressed this matter with Urban. Specifics of our conversation will be held in confidence. What I will say is his conduct last weekend was inexcusable. I appreciate Urban's remorse, which I believe is sincere. Now he must regain our trust and respect. That will require a personal commitment from Urban to everyone who supports, represents, or plays for our team. I am confident he will deliver. Oh, my God. We're one month into his tenure as an NFL head coach and the owner of the team that gave him all this money to give him this shot (laughs) at the NFL to take him away from the comfort of the television studio to give him this shot in the NFL and hook him up with one of the most highly anticipated and generationally talented quarterbacks that just four weeks into his tenure, the owner that has given him that opportunity feels compelled to put out a statement saying that he has to earn the trust and respect of ownership and the team. Oh my God. No, he said he's confident he will deliver it. He refers to him by his first name, Urban. A lot of owners refer to their coaches by the respectful term of coach. I, 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 I don't know what else to read into this other than the fact is it is a vote of confidence. But normally you're not required to give a vote of confidence and also publicly acknowledge that the coach of your team has broken a trust and respect level just four weeks in to a long-term contract that is a highly touted, just like the quarterback, relationship. I mean, this is remarkable. I have been at this NFL thing for a long time. We saw Petrino back in the day in Atlanta and Pig Suey after he said he's going to be the Falcons coach for a long time, and then he's singing Pig Suey within two weeks. And, he left and, a note in the locker room. I mean, we've seen that. That's the standard of, <laughs> of college coach who washes out in the NFL. That's the standard of how low the bar can be set for you to leap over it. And every single college coach has essentially in the NFL, despite their level, even Spurrier left, left over that because he lasted more than just a season. 
But the whole concept of are college coaches ready for the primetime action in the spotlight in the NFL, that's a conversation. I thought Urban absolutely would. Hey, man, the guy has this whole CEO mentality, which could be uh, fugazi. Because I don't know how many CEOs do what happened over the weekend in a college town where obviously you and your family lives. But Shad Khan has given Urban Meyer a chance. Because again, I mean, he said that he has the opportunity to regain the trust and respect of, of, of the organization. But this should be the largest wake-up call Similar to the one Bud Fox once got from <laughs> Gordon Gecko. This is your wake-up call, Urban. Now, he could run back to the embrace of USC and, you know, regain his trust and respect there. And Would you? What, I, 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 that's, that's, that's for, I, I know that. Would you want to do that? Yeah. No, no, no. Because that would mean you have totally washed out in the NFL. You have been given a chance of one of the wealthiest owners in the NFL with an international stage to boot and the absolute backing of the whole family and a long-term contract to hook you up with Trevor Lawrence in a spot where there are not five, six newspapers and media outlets that are coming to come get you. Like, you could... You could live in Duval County for the rest of your life off of this as a football coach. That's the opportunity here. And four weeks in, this happens? I've never heard anything about it like this before, with the exception of Petrino. And you don't want to be that. And I hate to interrupt, but my thought was, if you're USC, after what you saw, do you want to bring oh, yeah. this to you? I think you do. Yeah. <laughs> They sign in a second. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. That, yeah. that says a lot then, guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think so. Well, but that's, what, for, that's, that's for down the road or later on in the show because I want to get to Daniel Jeremiah. But if you're talking about your legacy and your image and your brand and all of that stuff, I'm shocked. This shocks me. And Michael Lombardi will join us at the top of our number three to talk about it. Let's take a break. The first of two Daniels. Jeremiah before New York's Jones does. Daniel Jeremiah next on the Rich Eisen Show. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the Rich Eisen Show. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for our archive. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH-NUMBER-DOLL. We're very, very late for this man, and I think he's probably pulled off to the side of the road as he usually does to call into the show. Is Daniel on the phone? Yes, sir. Fresh off of calling locally here in Los Angeles, the Chargers Monday night week four victory over the Las Vegas Raiders. And my colleague from the NFL Network and the co-host of the Move the Sticks podcast himself, Daniel Jeremiah back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing, DJ? I'm doing good, Rich. Not not a lot of sleep uh, with the delayed start last yes. night and a little traffic getting out of there. But it was uh, it was a fun game. It was a fun night. Well, I mean, this team, this Chargers team, is definitely just to the eye, the naked eye, just sitting here watching a totally different team than the one last year. And I'm wondering what you see with your keen all twenty two eye, Daniel. Well, I, I tell you what, it, it should be a good lesson for people, you know, when you're hiring a head coach and sometimes you get hung up on offense or defense. But at the end of the day, you want to hire somebody that, that brings leadership to the table first and foremost that can establish an identity for your team and your organization. Um, and Brandon Staley happens to also just be a fantastic defensive coach, but that's down the list for me of, of why that's been such a home run hire. When you see how aggressive that they play um, and the confidence that he has and then he puts in his guys, um, to me it's, it's a game changer. I, I've, seen, I've watched this team you know, growing up all my life, um, and I've seen so many games like last night you know, get away from them. And you kind of get that, oh, no, here we go. And, uh, and Brandon Staley, I mean, even when it started to go bad during the third quarter, he never took his foot off the gas pedal. Um, and it's a, it's a totally different identity here for this, for this group. Yeah, I had Joey Bosa on the pregame show for Westwood One, and we we aired that interview right here on this show uh, yesterday. And when I asked him about, you know, the Chiefs game and what it meant to the team, he he mentioned, I didn't even bring up Brandon Staley, he mentioned that everything played out the way that coach told us. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he basically said the coach walked him through throughout the week. We're going to get up on him early. They're going to make a run, and we have to expect that. And, 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 and obviously stand our ground and, and once we expect it to come. And that sounds simple. I mean, that does sound like you could describe many games in the NFL like that, but you could see that Bosa was picking up what the coach was putting down and the fact that it played out that way only lends to bomb the team together like that. And I found that a fascinating story, DJ. Yeah, no, it, it is fascinating. And it just there's a belief, there's a buy-in. And there's a lot of darn good players. I mean, this roster is really, really talented. Um, I was telling Money as we were kind of getting into the game, as he's calling the game, I said, you know what, normally I look down at, at the board 
and I say, okay, well, man, well, this is, uh, you know, you've got Keenan Allen on this corner. Like, this is, this, that's the matchup in this game. But when I looked at, you know, kind of where the Raiders are defensively, and some of that's with some injuries that they have. But I'm like, man, you've got Jared Cook's a matchup nightmare in the passing game. Eckler's a matchup nightmare. You've got Williams and Keenan. Um, there's a lot of different ways they can go with the football and a lot of favorable matchups. And in a game where Keenan and Mike didn't really have much uh, production, they found a way with just their backs and tight ends to go out there and beat a really, really good Raider team. Well, I mean, and so now the last two weeks together, the Chargers are, are now 3-1, and one, just like the Raiders and just like the Broncos, a game in front of the Chiefs. But the most important thing for them is that they're 2-0 and oh in division, including one on the road against, you would say, the toughest team in the division since they're the two-time defending conference champs, not just the division champs. How how do you see this whole conference playing out? Certainly, with the Chiefs and the Bills having added on Sunday night on NBC. How do you see that? Yeah, I think team? it's com- I think it's competitive, Rich. But I mean, when you look at those three teams, right? So if you looked at uh, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Chargers, look at the the ceiling that you have at the quarterback position with those three guys. I mean, it, you're talking about big, strong, athletic, big time playmakers, highly intelligent. And they're all just getting better. I mean, that's why you got to be so fired up about the NFL and where it is right now. We've got young star players at those positions, and they're not star players buried on bad teams. They're they're with good coaches or with great talent around them, um, and that's why, man, it's just I, I I've never felt better about the sport. I mean, I know it's been the best product going for a long time. It's not just an infomercial, but I can't remember a time we've had this many talented young quarterbacks. And this isn't Matthew Stafford, you know, in Detroit, where you're kind of like, man, I don't know, are they ever going to be able to make the playoffs? These guys have great coaches and great talent around them. This is going to be a fun decade. So um, throwing it out there, though, you would place your chips where? Because let's just throw the Ravens, who are 3-1, and one, despite yep. going to the, the running back bargain basement store right at the beginning of the season. And the, the Browns sitting there at 3-1, and one, and the Browns are the ones coming in to take on the Chargers in SoFi in Week 5. Map it all out for me. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think I think you hit on it, Rich. With those two games this next week are going to be good learning opportunities. You know, when you see the Chiefs and the Bills, and then you see the Browns and the Chargers, I think we're going to learn. I mean, it's going to be like a, a pretty good litmus test for these for these four teams. So um, I know when I look at them on paper, mm-hmm. I believe more in the Bills as a complete team. You know, with their defense pitching a couple shutouts versus Kansas City's defense, who's got a lot of holes in it. Um, and then I look at the Browns, man, the defense is unbelievable, but you know, can the, can the offense keep pace? Can Baker, you know, take his game to the level that these other three quarterbacks in that group can. So looking at it from, you know, big picture right now, I, I would say it's, it's Buffalo and the chargers is the more complete teams. Um, but man, it's, uh, it's going to be fun to watch those two games this upcoming weekend. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen show. Okay. And now you got to throw Sam Darnold back in the mix from that class, right? From that quarterback class. Yeah. From Dallas, that Baker led. I found and... my report, Rich. I had I hid it under my bed. Um, it was under lock and key. I dusted it off. It's back up on the shelf. Okay, so um, now you got Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Sam Darnold's back in that mix right now. How real are the Panthers despite their loss in Dallas? What do you think about that? Yeah, one? yeah. I mean, I, I'm uh, I love Matt Rule, and I you know their defense. When you watched all their earlier games. Uh, this team flies around. They're fast. They are explosive. Um, and, and you know, Sam's playing at a high level. No Christian McCaffrey, so I'll give, you know, the offense a little bit of a pass on, on the Cowboy game. That's, you know, you're missing your best player. 
But defensively, I can't unsee what I saw there. As much as I love the Panthers, the Cowboys went right through them. And they did it whatever they wanted. Dak through the air, Zeke on the ground. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I, think they're, I think they're a really good, young, emerging team. Um, I'm not quite so sure they're in that upper, upper echelon just yet. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. What is happening in Chicago? Can you tell me why Matt Nagy, after Justin Fields not only shows improvement, comes up with his first career win, and also shows that I get sacked nine times one week, I'm not broken as a quarterback. I'm not broken mentally. I'm not broken spiritually. I'm going to come out and make some flash throws that Bears fans have been waiting to see from the quarterback position, and then the coach comes out and says it's Dalton's job once he's healthy again. Can you walk me through all that, Daniel? Uh, Rich, I I would love to. Uh, if I understood it, I would do my best to explain it to mm-hmm. you. Um, but I don't. And and you kind of took the words out of my mouth because I feel like we've been talking about these young quarterbacks entering the league for a long time together. Mm-hmm. And I, I stick to my same tried and true answer, which is if I think they're physically tough enough and mentally tough enough, let's let them get their mistakes out. Let's let them play and let's let them learn. Let's let them grow. Um, and I don't think there's any question at all about Justin Fields' mental and physical toughness to be able to, you know, work through some of these rough patches. Man, I saw a lot of good when you watched that game the other day. Ran the ball really well, off play action. They were taking shots down the field, which is what he does really well. I mean, he throws a beautiful deep ball. He can drive it. Um, haven't even really incorporated his legs all that much. Uh, but they went out. They, they're competitive and they won a football game. And he played really well. Um, so I, I don't, for the life of me, understand it. I, I just don't. I, I would love to explain it to you, but it makes no sense. And, you know, we can look at all these young quarterbacks. I mean, Zach Wilson was really bad in some of those early games this year. But if you're a Jets fan, you're watching that saying, good, let's get these mistakes over with. Right. These are all learning opportunities. He's, he's keeping his head up. I mean, he, the kid showed come out last week and played great and made some big-time throws. And there's going to be terrible games littered throughout this season. But you, you see it going somewhere. Starting Andy Dalton doesn't lead anywhere. It, it takes you nowhere. But you've been in you know facilities. You've been in meeting rooms. You've been in front offices. You've been all over the place in this league before you're doing what you're doing right here. What could it possibly be? I mean, what could it possibly be? Uh, 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 you know, you're because everybody's la- – you know how this works in our business, yeah. that, that when things are confusing, you fill the void with all sorts of crazy stuff like – he wants to show that if he's not calling the plays, he's calling the shots. You know, I, I don't know yeah. the guy. Uh, he's only come on this show and it's been totally straightforward. He's terrific with the media. and yeah. uh, But but it just makes no sense to me that, yes, we, we've gotten him his reps in practice with the ones. He's getting in rhythm. He's won a game and he's made some great throws. But if Andy Dalton's bone bruise is fine, he's the one who's going against Max Crosby in that defense that was all over Justin Herbert in the Monday nighter, like in Vegas. Like, is that literally what we're going to see in Vegas next week? Well, I mean, here are a couple of things. Number one, I, I worked with Matt for a couple of years in Philadelphia, and he's a good guy. Right. Um, so, you know, that I, I, I can't imagine in a million years it would be because he wanted to show everybody he's got power. What I think there's a, a couple of theories I would have. Number one, you've got coaches who always operate on the short term, and general managers, for the most part, operate with the long term. So a coach can save my job. In order to save my job, I've got to, you know, de- you know, developing a court young quarterback, and maybe he's not. I don't think he's ready, and we're losing games. Um, maybe that doesn't save my job. So there's some of that short-term thinking there, and it also could be, 
you know, sometimes you can have an overbelief in your in your system, right? In the X's and O's, and you know, Andy Dalton because of his just experience level, maybe our playbook is you know a couple hundred pages bigger with Andy Dalton, which allows me the option to run my entire offense. Whereas with Justin, as with any rookie, um, it's a little more limiting. But I'll you know I'll go to my grave saying it's mm-hmm. about players, not plays. You know, I, give me the best. You, you go get you the best coach. I'll go get the best players, and I'll take my chances. So, what's your evaluation of the uh, AFC East quarterbacks we saw this weekend? One with a win in Zach Wilson, his first career one, and then one with almost a win in the game that was one of the most watched regular season games and of interest because yeah. it was Tom Brady he was trying to match uh, point for point on Sunday night. Let's start with Zach. What'd you think of him yeah. with the Jets? Yeah, it was by far his by far his best performance. I thought it's amazing what happens when you get a little bit of help up front with the offensive line. That was the best they had played up front. Um, so he had a little bit of time, and then even when he didn't have time, he showed you the ability to extend and create. I thought Jamison Crowder being out there helped him. Um, just having another veteran, he knew where he was going to be. It was no no miscommunication. Um, he's got. He's just, you know, you saw the deep ball. I mean, he's got rare, rare talent. I mean, the ceiling for this kid is ridiculously high. Um, but again, you're going to live, you're going to live with some of the the bumps along the way. But that was a game as a Jets fan, Rich. I think you can dream on mm-hmm. and say, okay, man, imagine once we get this offensive line. You know, hopefully you get Beckton back and continue to draft and add guys to that that front, and we add more playmakers around him. Um, this guy's got a chance to be really, really good. I, I thought after the game, I don't know if you saw it, but his post game, you know, one of the first things he said was, you know, hey, look, I should have ended this thing in regulation. I got to be better. You know, I had an opportunity there to get that done, and, and I didn't do it. So he understands that he's got a lot of lot of room and space to grow. Um, but I thought that was the way I would put it. You know, it's a game you can dream on when you see some of the things that kid can do. And what about Mac Jones? It seems like he is the perfect vessel for what the Patriots want to do with the short passing game that we saw for all those years with Tom Brady. Uh, what do you What do you make of Mac Jones's first month in the NFL? Yeah, you know, he's he he's look, he's kind of been at as advertised, right? He's been a really good decision maker. He's been very accurate. But Rich, you can't. It's such a tight rope that they're walking with the way they're playing. When you don't have any explosives, when you when you only throw the ball over 15 yards once and it gets picked off, you can set all the completion records you want. Um, but they don't they don't put completion numbers up on the scoreboard. They put points up there. So they have got to find a way to be more explosive. And I, I don't know if they have that personnel on their roster right now. But if you are in a situation where you can't run the ball and you can't push the ball vertically down the field. Um, it's just your defense is going to have to play like they did the other night and just play lights out. Um, and you're going to find yourself winning a bunch of 13-10 type games. I just don't know if that's, you know, I think about, I talk about Zach Wilson and I can dream on where they can go. Now they aren't as, they aren't as efficient uh, as the Patriots, but they have the upside to, to, to be really good eventually. I don't know that this Patriots offense, the way it's set up, um, with the way they're playing, if they have the upside to, to be really good i just i don't see it there's no explosive plays and you got to have them you, you can't win games if you can't get explosive plays so um what what's the answer um is it um you know Nikhil harry now that he's back off the ir nelson Aguilar can take the top of the defense off take your shots because uh, the deep balls were mostly thrown on sunday night off the trick plays that's what you yeah. saw in that game yeah you're trying to manufacture it's just a tough way to live i to me, it's two things. Number one, they've got to get faster. They don't have a real fast team, mm-hmm. so they've got to get they've they've got to do something in the offseason. Now, look at Mac, what he did at Alabama. 
Um, they were able to get plenty of deep shots and vertical shots. You can do that when you've got Waddle and Devontae Smith out there. Um, so they, they've got to give him some speed next year. Um, and the other thing is you get deep shots in the NFL, you know, when you have some threat of a run game um, and you can pull those safeties and scare those safeties down a little bit. When you can't run the ball a lick, um, you don't get that luxury. So those are the two things they're going to have to get better at. Um, so that was my thing. I think I, from a baseball analogy, um, you know, that, that would be Zach would be kind of the four for five with four singles. And then you, you go, okay, that's fantastic. But then Zach Wilson can go one for five with a three run home run. And then you can have the debate of who impacted the game more. Last one for you, Daniel Jeremiah. I guess in between quarters one and two of this uh, coming weekend, week five of this now 17-game regular season will be the actual real quarter post, Mark. Normally it's right now. <laughs> we're after four games, we're in the books. It's still weird. And I know. Like, but, you know, but we in the media, we'll, we're, we're, we're kind of confused. It's kind of the way I open the show in a way. We're kind of confused uh, as to when this quarter post is. I think we've hit it. So if we already have. Um, the fact that the Cardinals are 4-0 in the last remaining undefeated team in the league. Are they the best team in the league? You mentioned speed earlier about the importance of speed and the importance of putting up points and splash plays. My gosh, do they have that uh, big time? Uh, the Cowboys kind of do too, man. I mean, yeah. they've got some kids flashing on that defense in the front and the back end. What do you make of the best team in the league right now at this point? Daniel. Well, yeah, I mean, look, the Cardinals are undefeated and they've got some quality wins. I, I think to me the thing about them that stands out the most is that, you know, Tennessee coming into the season, we would have said, you know, one of the three most physical teams in the NFL. The Cardinals went in there and beat them up. The Rams, you know, are a really, really good team with, the you know, returning with the best defense in the NFL, and they beat them up. Um, I didn't have that on my, uh, on my card, that you'd have the Cardinals coming out and being this physical team, so – yeah, I mean, they're undefeated. They've got quality wins, and they've won at the line of scrimmage. I think if you're going to say right now, take a snapshot of it, um, you have to say they're the best team. But I know one thing, the, uh, the, the best the demo field uh, participant I've seen in the National Football League this year is the guy I'm talking to on the phone right now. <laughs> Dude, you know, those demos, you know, I go out there, and they're like, all right, you're the, you're, you're the guard, and you walk down the field, or you're the linebackers, you creep up, and I'm like – all right, you t- you know, like, and and then I take two steps, and then I two take two steps back, and I'm all I can just be is who I am, and I just know one speed, yeah. Daniel, as you know, you know, that's well, all I can it, do. It, it frustrated me because I didn't realize that you were available. I thought you might have been on the injured list or something because I did one demo <laughs> earlier this year, and I was yes. given the instructions, and uh, and you were not uh, labeled as a participant Correct. in the demo, so. I was I was a little baffled that you you know that the health situation wasn't where it needed to be in my demo, but then I turn it on the next week and I've got you playing multiple positions. I mean, not only not only a participant, but somebody that's being used like a Derwin James type role where you're yes. down the box one play and you're playing high on the next. I mean, I, I don't get it. You know what, Daniel? Uh, I'm just trying to do my job. You know, uh, be that uh, Swiss Army knife that uh, I can be not only as a host of a show, but on the demo field. But so next time, are you going to be coming in this time? Because it's the, it's a, yeah. well, actually this week we're yeah. off. Two weeks. We're two off weeks. this week. Two, yeah, weeks. two weeks. Okay. All right. So I'll, see be, back. I'll be back in there. So I want to see this for myself. You know, sometimes they say it's important to do scouting in person. So, right. Uh, I need to see that for myself. Last thing before I go, Rich. Yes, Steve. I always tell you where I do these interviews. Yes, sir. Uh, today. Where are you? I am at a triple threat. It is a gas station 
that also has a car wash that also has a little Mexican restaurant shop right inside of it. It's a threefer. Wait a minute. The, is the Mex- Mexican restaurant is not in the car wash, is it? No, it's inside the gas station. Okay. Which also has a car. You can literally pump some gas, go order your rolled tacos, mm-hmm. then get it back in your car, go through the car wash, pick up your rolled tacos, and off you go. It's a three for one. Interesting. Man. Incredible. We need a video. And if, if you wait long enough, you might be able to go through the, the you know, ask for the bathroom key as well. <laughs> I'm assuming you can do all four of those things potentially. God bless. Yeah. So it could be a quadruple threat. I'm, I'm not going to visit, but I'll take your word for well it. Well done, Daniel. Well, obviously, as always, take a photograph and we'll post it on our Twitter feed. Please do. Got you. Take care. Thanks, DJ. Daniel Jeremiah at Move the Sticks right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Mm-hmm. Quick break. When we come back, Mike Tomlin was asked point blank if Ben Roethlisberger is the best quarterback for the Steelers right now to win. Don't miss it. Coming up. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And I'm still good. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm in the clubhouse. I'm your leader right now. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Oh, boy, this one's blowing up Twitter right now um, because Mike Tomlin, in his weekly press conference, um, uh, had some questions about Ben Roethlisberger. And here, here just to set this thing up, everybody in the NFL talking about what's going on with Ben and I, I – I still regret using this word, but I, I, I only talk truth here best I can always, right? I called him washed two weeks ago. And so people are now looking for the exit. Graceful off-ramp. What's the graceful off-ramp for a future first ballot Hall of Famer who's won a couple Super Bowls from you, for you, taking you to three, when he wanted to come back, took a, a discount to come back, and now suddenly doesn't look very good. And it could be, again, it's a, it's a, there's 11 guys out there. The guys up front, and then there's also the guy who's new calling plays, Matt Canada. What's going on? But it's a harsh world. So looking for graceful off-ramps. And one way it can be done... People, just this could be true. Again, we don't know. HIPAA and all that. Stab him with a needle? But you can't spell HIPAA without hip. <laughs> Tomlin mentioned today that Ben Roethlisberger has, quote-unquote, a hip issue. Hip issue. And then, ask point blank, is he the best quarterback for your team right now? Best option quarterback for the team, and why? Didi Kinkabala tweeting out, the answer, absolutely, what he does and what he's done makes me really comfortable in saying that. 
So does he have a hip issue or is it just a hip issue and we're going to see what we have or he, he can't go? I'll tell you what, Ben is going to go out with his boots on, dragged off the field. So if anybody sits there and thinks that there's going to be some sort of an injury that's going to keep him out, I don't think that's the way this is going to work. Ben is not going to want to go out. He's going to go out on his shield. That's why this guy's always been. But that's not what's best for the Steelers. May I, Mason Rudolph has had his shot. Yeah, and it, so it's Dwayne Haskins' time. And it's Deshaun Watson's time. And it's make an offseason deal for Aaron Rodgers' time. That may be what it is down the road, but for week five? So they're just going to punt on 2021? The week five against the Denver Broncos? You're really going to throw Dwayne Haskins out there? They've got Drew Locke. Man, you gotta get you got to get this. Th- When's their bye week? I don't know, man. You're going to yank Ben right now? Ben at 50, 60%. Here's the thing, too. Is just, he stinks. It, 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 it's all looking positively dreadful. And Michael Lombardi's coming on in hour number three to talk about it. Week seven bye. Okay. This. Keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that. Because you're not just going to throw Haskins in the middle of all this right now, I don't think. Daniel Jones of the Giants coming up. <laughs> 